Everything from overlanding in your stock rig to full-on LS-powered to buggies on stickies. This is the Total Offer Podcast. I'm Steve. I'm Mike. And I'm Derek. And this is episode 109. And if you can't tell, we have two remote guests this week. Both Derek and Mike are both remote. The audio quality this week is not going to be quite as buttery as it has been in the past because Mike and Derek are both being being recorded on the same channel. So I will not be able to edit out anybody's, uh, you know, noises or anything like that, or, or single them out and make their audio better. So unfortunately you will just have to deal with it. If that does not suit you, I recommend not listening to this through headphones. Sorry. For <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah. So I got Mike <laughs> sick last week. Um, some, yeah. some of you don't I know me the Rona. So I put in studio this week. I, uh, I'm going to I'm going to take the blame for it, even though we're not sure where he got it. Uh, but I had it last week. Got it anywhere. But yeah, could have got it you, from you, Steven. It was me. It was that beer we shared with that kiss. Ooh. <laughs> How romantic. <laughs> How romantic. We shared with those two straws. <laughs> uh, speaking of beer. Oh, I got that, too. Oh, have uh, you? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, my God. It, it smells like. It smells like I just squeezed an orange peel in my face. Uh, so I'm drinking. What are you drinking? Waited to open your beer. I'm so jealous. What? I've been drinking mine for a while. Oh yeah, we we waited. Well, I wait. I think was Derek drinking something beforehand? I was just drinking a a non beer. Uh, a non beer. A non beer. Non beer carbonated drink. I'm drinking Charlie's barley wine from Trick Dick Brewing Company. Nice. I'm drinking something. Oh, Mike Mike, Mike oh, yeah, gave me that one. I'm drinking something the entire nation can get, which is a blue moon moon haze, a hazy, juicy pale ale, which mm, I have never had. Good. It sounds delicious. I'm going to find out right now how good it is. Oh, my good God. This barley wine is good. Holy crap. This tastes like an IPA. You are welcome, sir. Thank you so much, Mike. Man, the between the grandma's fruit salad last week and the Charlie's barley wine this week, those are the two that you gave me. Oof. If you so like good. so been drinking nice. They released today at eight o'clock in the morning, dearest Anna. Oh God, really? And I bought four. I haven't got them yet, but I bought them. I'm what is dearest them. Anna? It is so it's, rich. It's, it's what? It's the one that they do typically on Black Friday, or not? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, on Festivus. Yeah, but Festivus. because there was no Festivus this year, he released it today. And I don't know why they allowed anyone to buy four, but I was like, well, I'll buy the maximum I can. So I did. And uh, wow. people were mad that it sold out so quick, but I set my alarm for 745. So I'd be ready the second it went on sale. <laughs> <laughs> Smart man. Uh, Just in proper Black Friday fashion. Right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'll share one of those with you guys, hopefully. It's seven. It's over 17%. It's like, oh, my God. 18%. Yeah, I'll have to it, it'll be, that and we'll just we'll pour a little bit in shot glasses and that'll be enough. Yeah, Dearest Anna is insane. <clears throat> I guess I should say what I'm drinking. I'm having a Dungeon Map Modern Times West Coast IPA. Reason being is I lost my sense of taste during this uh, COVID spell and uh, West Coast IPAs are super, super strong. And so I told Patty to the liquor store. Yeah. <laughs> A super super hoppy beer, and she did. And thank you, Patty, because I can taste this. Oh, really? Nice. So you've like almost That's impressive, almost completely, but not completely lost your sense of taste. 
it's weird. I, it was like almost completely gone and I've been doing everything I can to eat the most pungent foods and smell the most pungent things because you kind of have to retrain your taster, I guess. Yep. I don't yep. know. Where oh, did that's you, what I've been reading. I was going to say, where did you read that? What? I was going to ask where you found that information. I, I don't know, wherever I was searching for it, I just Googled it. And I yeah. apparently Patty found the same article because she's been giving me, she has all these oils and she's like, smell these, they're super pungent. And, uh, she's, and she bought a bunch of ingredients to make super spicy food. And she, Yummy. she said basically like you need to do everything you can to like int- reintroduce flavor and that will bring it back sooner. Yep. It seems kind of crazy to me, but we're going to try it. I'm pretty Maybe sure. Works. So I saw some, you know, rando TikTok video the other day, but there was a lady on there who had a couple of degrees behind her name and she was speaking on that. And she was like, something about it's a disconnect of the olfactory uh, ner- uh, nerves or whatever. What's Derek's not on his head? No. Yes. Maybe you don't know. No, I'm doing something <laughs> else. I'm sorry. Okay. He's playing with something and we can't see it on screen. Anyway, yeah. uh, she was saying it was like a disconnect of that or whatever, but you can actually, because of the neuroplasticity, you can actually retrain your sense of smell if you've lost it long term for COVID by smelling things like uh, woody things in nature, stuff like that. So she was making the point like, you know, stopping to smell the roses may be better than just, you know, taking in a little extra, but it may actually help you get your sense of smell back. So smelling and tasting pungent things might be right up that alley of bring, you know, making those connections again. I feel like it's working though. I mean, yeah, I've been just mm. trying to do as much like pungent smells and flavors as possible. Just basically just today, because the last two days I couldn't taste anything and it's already coming back. Now, so, I don't know if it's coincidence, but I am starting to taste and it's making me happy because can you imagine not being able to taste? Oh yeah. Like, be terrible. Fuck me, <clears throat> I guess I think Miller will like the rest of my life. Like, <laughs> yeah, <be> cheaper. <laughs> My I, uh, dad lost his taste for when he had COVID last year. He lost his taste for like a month or two. Wow. Actually, oh actually, he didn't even lose it. He said that, well, he, he lost it on some things, but some things he could taste, but they tasted wrong. Like yeah. he said that uh, like coffee yeah. tasted like almost vomity and he loves Ooh. coffee and he's like, this is terrible. Like that'd be terrible. I have to drink. I have to drink coffee to like, you know, be alert or whatever, but it to tastes exist. terrible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he's like, wow. I've started drinking tea yeah. because it has caffeine and it doesn't taste. He just couldn't taste tea at all. So it was like hot water. That's insane. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, definitely crazy. I started it. So this is most likely this is my third time having it. And I lost my sense of smell for just about, uh, for just one evening in one Wednesday. Um, I was, came home and I still had it. And then my nose started getting really stuffed up, really like, um, congestion was really thick in my in my uh, nasal passage or whatever and i was like wait a minute am i losing my smell like can i not smell anything and i started trying to smell stuff i'm like uh-oh and i started trying <laughs> to taste things and i couldn't taste anything i was like oh no and so i grabbed a huge we got a jar of minced garlic like a big jar of minced garlic in the fridge and i cracked that thing open yep stuck my face right down in the like right down into it and just took a huge whiff and i could almost taste like the the burn of garlic on the back of my tongue you probably that felt was the burn, but you couldn't taste it. That's or it. Like yeah, I couldn't. It. I couldn't smell it at all. And I walked in the living room, did it again, and like showing Jess, and she's like, "Oh, that's not good." I was like, "Yep." And uh, so oddly, I woke up the next morning and I could taste again. Like Mike, have you like tasted like wasabi or something like really, really pungent? You know, like uh, it's funny that, that you say that. We horseradish or something. 
And that was one of the first things I did. I grabbed the wasabi out of the spice cabinet and stuck my nose right in the jar and took a big yeah. old whiff. And I was like, ooh, I can't really smell that. <laughs> like you did. It did, did no, it didn't the, burn. So when I when I smell like wasabi or horseradish or something like it like it has burns. Burn. Did you feel the like burning sensation or no? I didn't even really get the burn, but that was so, two wow, days that's crazy. Ago. Today I've gotten some of it back. Yeah, so, that's good. Well, good. I was talking Glad to my you cousin. Get your smell and taste back. I was talking to my cousin who had COVID right after Christmas, and I was talking to him the other night because he was asking me how I was doing with mine. I was like, I'm fine. Like, it was this was a cakewalk compared to previous experiences, and he's this is his first time getting it to the best of his knowledge. It's the first time he's tested positive for it, and. He's like, I woke up with the worst headache ever. He's like, I've never had a headache that bad in my life. He's like, I took Advil and like drank caffeine and all kinds of stuff trying to make it go away and nothing would make it go away. And then uh, he said that lasted for about 24 hours. And then finally it started to ease up. And he said that he lost his sense of taste. And not only can he not taste spicy, but like the burn is not there either. He can't feel the burn. Oh, that's crazy. I was like, how is that possible? But he said, I don't know. He said that he grabbed some really hot, uh, like hot sauce or whatever, and just put on his tongue and didn't even like nothing. He's like, I can't tell. That must mean that there's like a nerve disconnect, right? It's not like your taste buds are not functioning because if that was the case, then you would feel the burn. Right. See, and and it's never been that way for me. Even back in May when I lost it, I chopped up garlic and put garlic on the, uh, on a piece of toast. I mean, chunks of garlic. (laughs) and uh, i ate that and uh i couldn't taste the garlic at all but man my mouth like hurt it felt like i was like yeah it just it felt like i had like a hot coal in my mouth oh it was bad and you couldn't get rid of it either i was like oh my gosh it's so bad yeah it was rough patty picked me up some thai food the other night because i told her i was think i was losing my uh taste yeah and uh, and I could I could feel the the spice because you know we always get it really spicy, but I really couldn't taste it. No, that kind of sucked. It sucks. Yeah, you're like, well, oh, I think this tastes good, but I have no idea. It's very strange. Hmm. Now, can it you, is definitely a weird sensation. Can you differentiate the difference between sweet and uh, like salty? I don't know. Okay, I think now I can. Two days ago, I'm not sure I could. Yeah. So like when I had mine, when I lost mine completely, I couldn't taste anything. I couldn't tell you what it was. But I could tell you if it was sweet or if it was salty. Like that, I could we tell need to do it. We need to do another nuggy episode, but like oh hot ones God. style. Oh, do with a, a bunch hot of ones. different hot sauces. We oh gotta do it quick God. though before but Mike with, gets a sense of taste with back. nuggets. <laughs> he likes hot food. It's fine. Yeah, that's true. Oh my I, I God, would be down dude. for that. That would be fun. That'd be sick because nobody's done it with nuggets. Everybody uses hot wings. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, that's so right up our alley. Now we just got to buy a shit ton of hot sauce. We're 11 <laughs> minutes into this episode and haven't said a thing about anything except for COVID. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that's, I'm trying to like sway the conversation away from COVID. And now we're talking about food and eventually we'll start talking about truck uh, stuff, off-road stuff. Who knows? Hey, if you've listened to this podcast for more than one episode, you know it never goes as planned. So yeah, if you're if you're just tuning in for the first episode of Total Off Road Podcast, welcome. <laughs> it's not normally like this, but it's also not it that is different. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Yes, it's exactly. This is exactly what it is. No, it's not normally like this. Normally, you and you and Steve uh, are in yes. the same room. <laughs> that's that's right. It's even worse. <laughs> that's the only difference. We have some topics, so let's let's get to doing some talking about some things. So we do have a limited time here with our listeners. 
So let's talk about a few things. One uh, one thing we want to do is retouch on the EV conversation from last week to see if we can trigger some more people. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. I, I saw, saw a lot of triggering. I also saw a lot of support. I was surprised. So I saw. Pretty, we've divided our audience. Yes. I saw <laughs> yesterday in my town. I was leaving the gas station, heading back to my dad's shop to check on it. And all of a sudden at the stop sign, I see this vehicle come rolling up and I was like, hold the fuck up. Rivian? What is that? It was a Rivian. It was, Dang, a, it was a blue. So cool looking. It was like a. It was like a turquoise, not a turquoise blue, but it was like this really pretty blue color. Had that had those iconic Rivian headlights. My mm-hmm. jaw just dropped. I mean, I did a 180 in the truck immediately, and I <laughs> followed it. I didn't follow him out to his house, but I followed him for about five miles, hoping that he was going to turn somewhere. I was like, man, I really want to like stop and talk to him about it, but like it's getting kind of dark and cold and. Like, I don't want to be that guy, but I still want to be that guy. So come yep. to find out, I put it on my Snapchat and had a couple people reach out to me that live here in town. And they're like, yeah, this is, it's so-and-so's and they work at Rivian and they were one of the first ones to put in for the, for a truck when they, you know, first released them. I guess they, that's cool. I guess the first one for like production roll off the line or rolled off a lot or whatever was uh September 14th. I didn't know that. I had no idea that Rivian had even put any out yet. Yeah, that sounds well. I don't know if you could just buy one. Like, I think you had to. No, they, they started selling them, the but pre-orders. you had to, like, like there's a wait list. Yeah, these were know? all pre orders. Sure. These were people who had got on the wait list back in like 2019 when there was just 100 bucks to jump in. It was 100 or 1,000, I don't remember, whatever it was. You had to put down some money. Uh, these, I guess they, somebody was telling me that knows a little bit more about the Rivian. Uh, was saying that they were hoping to have all of the pre-orders filled by late 2022. So that's not bad. I mean, considering the the semiconductor shortage and all that crap that all the automakers deal with, if they can actually deliver on that, that's not too bad. That's not bad considering, you know, it was going to be released uh, mid late 2019, early 2020. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) I think the original, I think the original date, like the original, uh, like they would, they expected it to be released was like early 2020. I, th- mm. I think that's that right. actually happened. Mm. You know, it did happen though. The that's the nice down. thing. The Bronco was teased by Ford for like 28 years. So, <laughs> <laughs> so far, and so now it's still a piece of junk. I've not heard anybody have any head gasket issues with the Rivian yet or valves or, or valve issues. Oof. Sorry, Jeremy. Sorry, Jeremy. But they don't even use brushes. I'm sure that they're brushless motors. Whoa! All right. So, uh, what the hell just happened? Mike, there? Move your phone or something. <laughs> that, you sound like you're 800 feet away in a tin can. Yeah. So, Mike, you said something oh, about. Sorry about that. You said something about brushless motors. Oh yes, the brushless motors. I was saying that uh, we could say that, like, since you know, obviously. Uh, internal combustion engines, head gasket issues. I was like, yeah, but motor brushes, but there, there are no motor brushes. They're all brushless. I'm sure the only better <laughs> parts on those motors are the bearings. Yeah. Probably. And they're probably, you think they're wet? And seals. And yeah. seals. Mm. No, I don't seals think no. they're wet. Just a lifetime yeah, bearing. bearing seals. Yeah. Do you know how long those probably like last? Time bearing. It's like a wheel bearing or something. I'll bet it is. The lifetime bearing, the winding, the winding burns out before the bearing goes bad. Probably. Yeah. The winding doesn't even burn out because it's just incredible. <laughs> I mean, think about like an electric motor for a brushless car, like yeah. an RC car. Yeah. Like they just never wear out. There's zero maintenance motors. Keep them clean. That's it. Do they burn out though over time? I don't even know. 
I have never seen a brushless motor burnout on an RC car. Like, and except when they burn up, do something wrong. Yeah, like I've overpowered them. on purpose. I was like, oh, this can only handle two S. Have yeah. a three S to it, and I watched the smoke come out. <laughs> you forced the smoke out. You like pop the smoke out of it. Yeah. It was like we're not made for that. Thank you, though. Yeah. It didn't even go one uh, mile an hour. It moved like three inches, and then smoke started rolling out. Oh, of that's it. Like, really well, that's fast. Perfect. Yeah. That's the nice thing yeah. I guess about brushed motors is that they don't care about voltage that much until you, you speed, see until you get to a certain RPM. What do you think of my frunk post? I like a frunk. Yeah, we talked about this last episode. I know, though. I think just, it's dope. What do you think of the actual uh, post that I put on uh, TikTok or not TikTok on Instagram? Uh, Did you see? I it? definitely memorized it, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe maybe it, you didn't I even see it. Yeah, maybe you didn't even see it. I did see it, but I okay. did not. It did not retain. Uh, I guess it may just look like it's a screenshot of somebody else's post. Is why it does. Yeah the the Ford Lightning EV was not there. I added that in. Oh. Yeah, so I didn't know. Like, is that that? What do you it think? It looks of that? like clickbait. I got to be honest Decent, with you, Steve. Perfect. That's exactly what we're looking for. That's how the internet works. Yeah. Right. Then it's you did a, good. It's a scary place, but that's how it works. Did you see my my post for my YouTube channel? Did you see how clickbaity that looked? Was fan damn-tastic. No, I don't think so. Unbelievable. Some fan I'm, you are. Dude, I am very bad about social media. <laughs> for a guy that's got 5,000 followers, I spam I'm everything. very bad about it. I apologize, followers, <laughs> if any of you listen to this podcast. <laughs> you know, I wanted to say something similar to that. Like, I know I don't play on the Trail Riders page as much as I, as I should, and I don't play on the um, in the Patreon chat. I try to keep up, but that's just not it's just impossible. Um. And I just, you know, it sucks, but I do want to say that I am committed to you listeners. I am committed. I left my son at home today crying in the window because he was, because he was so upset that I was leaving. I was like, oh, place, put a pause marker. You don't want the uh, child services to hear this. It's fine. It's normal. <laughs> I'm kidding. You got a wife and she cares deeply they were, about they were both, as much They were both in the window uh, waiting. ECFS to come over. <laughs> it's hard to like, you know, you're leaving and your kids just stand in the window. Like he's just waving at me. He's like, bye daddy. Bye. And it's like, Oh my God, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. My whole heart left it in the window. Oh, it's terrible. So just know that I am uh, fully how, committed how to old, you people. How old does he have to be to come on the podcast? <laughs> uh, I would say old enough to not ramble like I do. So it's going to be a little while. Oh, <laughs> but I mean, then it wouldn't be that different. People would be like, is that Steve? But with uh, a higher pitch voice could be, yes. <laughs> could certainly be. <laughs> um. Yeah, we don't need another Steve. Let's hope that he's way cooler than Steve. So he's speaking, definitely going to be cooler than Steve. Let's be honest. You guys are. Dicks. I hope he gets a lot of as a tributes. Dicks. But <laughs> Humi will also be way cooler than you, Mike. Humi. <laughs> oh, damn. Me. Uh, that's funny shit. <laughs> Humi the human. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, Humi. that was a that was a name that was on the list. Uh, when Mike and Patty were looking at put at uh, naming their child that is on the way. Yeah, Humi the human child. Humi <laughs> the human child. <laughs> we want people to be convinced that it's a human. <laughs> Indeed. Definitely not. Oh, definitely not. An alien. So we just name our kid Humi and it's good to go. Definitely not an alien. So. Definitely human. Here's the thing. I don't remember who all we shouted out. Um, we missed well, some people. Everybody, then. I guess we'll just start with. I guess we'll just start with Brandon Cobb. I guess we shouted out Joe Zone for sure, right? 
You must have. We sh- you must have. No. I don't you- remember. Wow. I, I feel like Go we did. Go back further. Go back further. I, Mark, one of these names will Mark ring Trepto? a bell for me. Uh, Kyle Loring. I, I know we shout out Kyle yes, Loring. I remember that. I remember that. Okay, so so we'll just start from, from, De- from, from December. This is all the new patrons in December. We'll just go ahead and just, you know, get that out, get everybody up to date. Uh, if we double shout you out, hey, that's good on you. So new patrons, thank you so much for joining and thank you for your patronage. Your support of this podcast means the absolute world to me. It keeps the bills paid and it keeps m- me coming back to do this it's not the only thing but it definitely helps uh mark trepto joined us we have joe zump who joined us who's local who will likely be on the podcast sometime in the future hopefully near future we can get him down here i think he said when you want to come on the podcast i feel like he said it was not going to be a hard thing to get done and then we have uh brandon cobb or corn cobb uh joined us welcome kevin palmer welcome uh steven is it sinks i believe so i believe it's steven sinks he joined us welcome dexter meyer do you know that guy do you know what guy i heard of dexter i heard legend is it the only legend legend? (laughs) is it the only last i saw last time i saw dexter he was fixing his front axle by winching the front of the truck up a tree seems no jack stands sounds like dexter oh last time i I think the last time i wheeled with dexter no, that's wrong. I was gonna say it was him uh, rewelding his drive shaft to get back together at at the cabin down at. Uh, yeah. That was not the last time I wheel with him though. But yeah, it was one of the times for sure. Wasn't that mine? No, I think that was my drive shaft. No, did was we both it? break a drive shaft down at Flat Nasty? Oh no, at Badlands at Ian's bachelor party. Do you remember they were like pieces back together with like pieces of exhaust and all sorts of stuff? Like, well, oh yeah, 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 was yeah, that, yeah, his? yeah that was Flat Nasty. I, I heard Dexter Meyer use a cigarette to weld a U-joint back together. Wouldn't surprise <laughs> me a bit. Sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> Successfully. <out. laughs> Successfully. Uh, and then uh, last but not least, we have Eric Gentry. Welcome to Patreon. So, I recognize some of those people. I do too. A handful I think of out them. of that list, Eric is probably the most recent person I've wheeled with. Oh, really? Yeah, that. I think so. Well, that means that Joe that? and Dexter are both slacking majorly. I think the problem Dexter's just far. You know, mm-hmm. we got to go at least this more to go wheeling yeah, with Dexter. Yeah, probably at least six hours to get to him. Joe, Joe needs to get his. Well, I, I, I don't know if this is not his fault, but he needs to finish his project engine swap on the eighty series. Yeah, yeah buddy. I think he's waiting on parts from people that are slow and logistic issues and blah blah blah. Do we wait until he's done with that swap to have him on? I think that's a good motivator. <laughs> a good motivator? It, it would motivator. Make, like it would make motivator. a motivator. Motivator. It would make a good podcast because of what he's doing is very different, I think. But maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm not real, you know, in the know of that swap. I mean, it's step. So, uh, should we spill the beans? You can absolutely ask. Keep I a secret. He's putting a Gen five four three in his eighty series, um, and I, I think I think it's not very common because LSs are just so like it's not that much more expensive to find a junkyard LS, right? So even a Gen five, like, but he wanted to keep it shorter and lighter, and he's succeeded with that, and it makes three hundred horsepower. So like, it's a decent yeah. engine. Yeah, why not? It sounds like a good yeah, idea. I like it. it like you're trying to run tens. So the, yeah, I like it. The Gen Five Four Three <sighs> is it just the same as the old? Four, Mike, quit playing with RC cars. No. 
it's not the same as the old four. It's not the same in terms of it's just an LS missing two cylinders. Uh, well, maybe. Um, it would be like a five seven missing two cylinders. What? It would the, be like a five seven. Sorry, uh, Gen five five point seven liter missing two oh, two cylinders. I see. So like it doesn't they share anything with a or like I don't know what it does share and what doesn't share with a five three, but like. The direct injection's the same. Like I'm sure the cam right. timing is pretty similar. It's got the uh what do you call it? God damn it. Derek would actually have some <laughs> insight on this because for a while his job was looking at GM engines. Yeah, and we saw the six point six liter in like twenty fifteen or sixteen or something like that. No, it must have been twenty fifteen. Um before GM, obviously before GM released it, the, the gas 6.6 liter. The gas 6.6. It was pretty cool. Well, I, I don't even know that. Is that, that's not something you can get in a, in a resident or not a residential, but a, uh, a yeah, regular it's pickup? the three quarter ton gas engine now. Is a 6.6? Yep. I had no idea. Oh, I didn't even. Yep. I think 2020 or 2021 was the first year. I had no idea. So, they... yeah, the two engines in a three-quarter ton or one ton or a 6.6 six or a 6.6. Six. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that doesn't make it hard to search for when you're trying to buy a new yeah, one. Yeah, right. What engine, <laughs> they uh, what need to, like, engine? put an extra point one liter on the Duramax or That'd something. That'd be handy, yeah. Yeah, 6.7. 6.7, so it's just like every other diesel out there. Right? That is weird, Mike. Yeah, I've not heard yeah, about like, that either. Look, I had no idea. Zero knowledge of this. I think it's just kind of underwhelming, like compared to the seven three gas that Ford has out. Like that has more power and torque, I believe, or at least more torque. Um, the six six was like, oh okay, you know, going from a six liter Gen five to the six point six liter Gen five and a half was like, or whatever the gens are, I don't fucking know. But <laughs> um, it's got all the new technology that all the LSs have, but it still only makes like four hundred horsepower and like four hundred something foot pounds of torque which is a lot considering but the six two made you know that. what engines had like 10 years ago but like by comparison to what else is on the market it's not that great right that's weird like, did like, you yeah. say it makes 401 horsepower and 464 foot pounds of torque <laughs> not exactly is that what it actually makes because <laughs> then yes that's what, exactly what i said mike <laughs> <laughs> that's what it makes yeah, that was pretty close i think re- i said like mid fours or 460 or something like that for a torque and it makes how much horsepower yeah, you were close it's 401, 464. Oh, wow. 400 flat oh. and 464. And that's at the, those are crank numbers, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's GM, so it's got to be at the crank. Right. What engine, what that's vehicle manufacturer state. posts wheel horsepower? No, nope. yeah. Nobody no, no, no. does that. <laughs> Actually, GM used to on the, uh, the F bodies. Really? Really? Yeah, for, I, I, maybe this is an old wives' tale, but I believe it was for insurance reasons. Of course. They were like, this is not a sports car if it makes less than this horsepower. Yeah. So, like, people would put them on the dynos and get, like, what the car was rated at <laughs> on the dyno with no they, mods. They did the same thing. Just Buick, like Buick did that back in Japan. The, yeah. They had the gentleman's agreement of, like, oh, you know, 280 horsepower out of all the, like, the Supra and the Skyline and the 300ZX mm-hmm. TT. And, like, people would put these cars on dynos and make more. At the oh, wheels. Yeah. Oh yeah. The gentleman's agreement. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever it was. There was like some some law in Japan that like uh, the cars couldn't have more than a certain amount of horsepower. Because they were all like the same mm-hmm. class. Kind of like rally rules almost. Interesting. But 
Yeah. It's crazy yeah. what people will do to get around those rules. Like in the rally scene, like, yeah, okay, this car only makes 300 horsepower out of a two liter, but it makes 580 foot pounds of torque. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You remember playing Gran Turismo back in the day and oh. all the cars, like every Japanese car made 276 horsepower. And you're like, that's weird yep. that they all make that. It's like, guys, <laughs> that's like maximum they were allowed to make by law. Isn't yep, that that's funny? what was doc- or like uh, published horsepower. That's so funny. Yep, I think it was like 300 brake horsepower or PS or whatever the Japanese measurement of power is. And it's like very close to horsepower, but not quite. Hmm. Yeah, anyway. So, yeah. EVs. EVs. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we got on that topic. Now. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, we were supposed to be talking about um, Derek talked to somebody about a spindle this week. I did. So the first, the spindle doctor that I called originally, like just never returned my calls. And I called them back a bunch of times and eventually got to a point where it was like voicemail or mailbox full. And I was like, great. This guy is just all off, the, off the grid. It was all so, yours. I think I just Googled Chicago spindle doctor and I got a different person or spindle Axel? surgeon or axle surgeon or okay, something like you. that. Yeah, yeah. And I called them and they answered immediately and they were like, Hey, what do you need? And I was like, I got this one ton truck. That's like a project vehicle. Like, can you do it? And then she was like, it was like a receptionist. And she was like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, text pictures of what you got to our technician and, and he'll tell you for sure. And I was like, okay, so I haven't sent him pictures cause I was going to try Damn and pull right. the hub apart. Oh. Um, and then actually send pictures of the spindle. But, uh, she said, yeah, pretty much the max out of pocket for this, if they have to replace the spindle will be nine ninety five plus mileage, which is going to be under a hundred bucks uh, based on where they're at. So it's possible. Um, and I'm not sure what, what it means when she's like, if they have to replace the spindle, like maybe if the actual spindle, like threads and bearing surfaces aren't bent, they can like reattach it, not bent. Yeah, I don't know. Cut it off and it straight. Yeah. So that might, that would save money. I don't know how much, but yeah. So, so, we'll so worst case scenario, a little over a grand. Yeah, eleven hundred bucks. And that's the no. worst case scenario. Is that is that worth it to do that versus trying to reweld everything onto that axle? So I was thinking about it driving home today because I was like, you know, if I had tons of time, I would just sift through junkyards, find an axle, buy the axle, bring it home, cut off the spindle, sleeve it, you know, do all that stuff. Like if I had an axle at my house right now. That was a 2001 to 2010 axle and I could just cut it off, sleeve it and put on a new one. I'd probably do it myself, but I don't. And finding one of those axles is it's hard because people are like 14 bolt, 14 bolt, 14 bolt, 14 bolt. bolt." And they started in 1973. Right. So like finding one that's actually a factory disc axle is tough. It's not impossible, but if I find one on like Craigslist or Facebook marketplace, I'm going to pay out the nose a little bit for it. And that eats into the cost of just paying somebody to fix it on the truck. And then I don't have to fuck with anything. Just write a check and it's done. There's something you know? to be said for paying someone to do something. I know I've said it before, yeah. but sometimes it's nice to just be like sign away and, and wash your hands of it. Yep. And then all I got to do is put a hub back together, which is not too bad. Nope. Pretty easy, oh, actually, extremely easy on a fourteen bolt. So a little bit harder on the AM because of the stupid seal, but yeah. Still oh, I hate that damn seal. 
Yeah. Did you buy an SSD for that seal or nope. what do you do? But I use a block of wood and a dead or not a dead blow, a block of wood and a sledge. Oh, damn. I ended up borrowing the SST from a friend that worked at a dealer after I ruined the first $60 seal. After yeah. I spent the next 60, I bought the or I borrowed the <laughs> SST and put it in nice. And the seals man. are a little bit cheaper now. Um, so I always buy two extra or one extra per hub. Um, but yeah, they're, for those that don't know, the, the newer 14 bolts have a two piece seal that like rides on the spindle and doesn't spin, whereas the old styles like the spindle was the sealing surface. And so if you've ever taken apart an old axle, like the seal usually wears into the metal over the hundreds of thousands of miles. And so then you have to like sleeve it to get it to seal again and blah, blah, blah. And the new, the new style is better, but you have to be way more careful when you install it. So, but it's genius because the sealing surface is the seal itself. Exactly. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's kind of, it's genius in a way, but also like you said, kind of a pain in the ass. If you have the right tools, it's great. But if you don't have the right tools, it's nowhere near as easy to install as the older style. You still can with like a block of wood and a hammer. I've done it successfully, but you just have to be careful and make sure everything's lined up. Actually, interestingly, um, I don't know if many people know this because you can still use the old style seals on a newer 14 bolt. But the proper way to do it, the pinion seal is also one of those multiple piece seals. What? And in it's, fact, it's really hard to find. There's a there's a seal that goes on the yoke behind the dust cover that integrates with all that. And so typically, I think when people regear one of these newer axles, they'll just replace the pinion seal on the pinion housing and just leave the one on the yoke because it's hard to find. Like I couldn't get it on Rock Auto, for example. But I was talking to Brian Mize, who was one of the the midweek mini guests a mm-hmm. couple weeks um, when those were a thing, and and he was like, "Oh yeah, like this is." He looked up the part numbers for me and everything, and I found the GM part number, grabbed it on eBay, and I was like, ooh, this is like this is really nice, and Indian doesn't leak. That's awesome. That's cool. crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> That's I had for... no idea that there was an extra seal. Man, AAM really made those axles more complicated, didn't they? <laughs> more complicated, <laughs> but hopefully more better longevity. Better, more reliable. Let's hope <laughs> more reliable. I assume on like a like on <laughs> a trail rig it sucks because it's a lot more work and the seals are more expensive and blah blah blah. But like on a vehicle that does a half a million miles that probably nobody's ever touched the rear end on that's pretty good yeah definitely and there are million mile like duramaxes and stuff so they exist i mean mine never leaked on the duramax until i took it apart for some reason maybe to like do one of the e-brakes or something i don't know <laughs> i don't know what i was doing something to it but i had to take it apart and i remember that seal was the worst part of it it was, it was expensive Yep. But it had 200,000 miles when I took it apart. And I don't think it was leaking. So that's pretty impressive. Yep. Yeah, I think I think they're good until you mess with it. Right. Like the seal will probably last forever unless you Touch pull it, it apart. And yeah. then it just doesn't right. ever. It doesn't ever works as well as it did. Anyway, sure. I digress. So that's the spindle. Um, so I'm going to try and take it apart this coming weekend. Um, I got one more errand to run where I need a pickup bed. And then it can park for who knows how long. I mean, in theory, they should be able to fix it very quickly. I just told them, like, if it saves me any money, I'm not in a hurry. <laughs> you can trailer hitch on the Mazda and just use that as your pickup from now on? I have done that. Actually, when I put the roll cage in the truck, it was undergoing the 4L80E swap. And I ordered this pre-bent, like, roll cage from this guy. And I said, I'm like, look tell me when you're going to ship it because my truck is currently down and I won't be able to go to the freight 
pay, place to pick it up. And he was like, okay. And then he was like, you know, two months or not two months, two weeks later, he's like, all right, I shipped it. And I'm like, what address did you ship it to? Like, I was going to have you ship it to my work. And he was like, uh, the freight station. And I was like, son of a bitch. So I had to like, I already had a, I already have a trailer hitch on the Mazda for a bike rack. I like bought the wiring kit for the four prong plug and rented a U-Haul trailer and towed a 400 pound roll cage and U-Haul trailer back to my house with the you should just Mazda go, Speed 3. You should just go get one of those Harbor Freight fold-up trailers. Oh, yeah. Some little 4x8s, you know? Just go get one of those fold-up trailers. Paint that sucker, paint it the same color as the Mazda. <laughs> and then and then put some and then put some flashy wheels on it because it's five on four and a half bolt pattern. Oh my god. Put some matching wheels on oh, it. Yeah. And just and bada bing bada boom, like Mazda trailer. Actually, I was thinking about it because I'm like, I don't really have a place to store a utility trailer right now. But a full But when I get the new fine. garage, those those trailers are so light. Yeah. I could just put a hoist system and like yoink. Oh, straight up. Store it on the ceiling above the car. But they like probably fold, not the truck. They fold up oh, into a four by four. It up and put it up against the wall. Done. You just, that takes up floor space. But you could put it out back, couldn't you? Could you put it behind the garage? Like nope. fold up? Are you really? No, there's How? like two feet before the property line. That, yeah, it's smaller than that. No, no, maybe. <laughs> no. When you fold it up, maybe it's only still. it's only like twenty inches when you fold it up. Yeah, maybe yeah. I maybe I can then. I don't just, know. Just but the U-Haul trailers are fifteen bucks a day. So oh, like, that's dumb cheap. Holy yeah, cow. really cheap. It's just annoying, right? Like I got to go to the U-Haul because it, and then I gotta, because it doesn't match. Hook it up. Uh, yeah, that too. It yeah. doesn't match. <laughs> maybe if it was polished. <laughs> if it was a fully polished U-Haul trailer, maybe. Ooh, oh man, Steve. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> now I'm going to buy <laughs> just a used go, U-Haul just go trailer rent one. and bring it to you. Just go rent a, an aluminum U-Haul trailer for the weekend, bring it to the shop, fully polish it for a YouTube video, and then take it back. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like, wait, wait uh, I, I don't... You messed with it, but mm. also it looks dope. But so... you made it way better? I don't understand. <laughs> You get a phone call from you. I don't, from, I don't know what to do. I got to call the manager on this one. You get a call from U-Haul you a couple just, months later. I got uh, some vandals. I got some what? Some vandals. Somebody vandalized it. <laughs> they vandalized the trailer. Somebody vandalized it better. It's, it's mere polished. <laughs> I mean, it would suck for them because they are steel, I believe. Like, no, no. Actually, if you ever look at them, they're like fully galvanized. Like they take the trailer after it's assembled, I'm pretty sure, and just dip that motherfucker in like they, a galvanizing tank because yeah. like the bolts and like everything is galvanized all oh, at yeah. once it's crazy but they make it's a good idea they, they have aluminum trailers u-haul has aluminum i don't think U-Haul, do are, really? i don't think the u-haul ones are like the box trailers have aluminum siding but i, I don't think thought some aluminum. of the car trailers were aluminum trailers hmm. mm, i could be, I could be wrong Maybe i thought they, i thought the ones were, i rented are definitely steel because like the, yeah. the floor you know where they scrape off it's the mesh. galvanizing is rusty oh i'll be darned I thought that they had uh, aluminum trailers uh, for car trailers and stuff like that, but maybe not. I could be wrong. I don't think so. They're pretty. I mean, they're not super duper heavy, but they're not the lightest trailer in the world either. Uh-huh. Like they don't have a wood deck, so they're lighter in that respect. But and they have like expanded metal deck, so there's no like slats of anything. I don't know. Right. But it works fine. The small trailer doesn't weigh much. It weighs under a thousand pounds. So like the Mazda, even though it technically has a zero pound towing capacity. It does zero. okay. A zero pound towing capacity. <laughs> Your clutch is like, why God, why? I mean, Illinois <laughs> is pretty flat, so it's fine. <laughs> I race it, so like, if I'm going 100 miles an hour on a track, full throttle for whatever it takes to go 100 miles an hour and then stop and then go again 10 times, then it can do it with a trailer. 
It'll be fine. Got it full throttle. Anyway, so that was my that was one thing that I worked on this week for the truck. And then the other thing was my fuel tank. I think I mentioned this a few episodes ago. I noticed that there's like a not even pinhole, like a weep. Yeah, wet spot. And so in the same spot that it broke before. So it's time to fabricate one. Um, oh, you're full fab? Like you start from scratch? Yeah, so I, I drew up. So this is not the first time that the fuel tank is leaked. The I, I did the fuel tank modifications because I bought a K5 tank and then it was going to touch the pumpkin. So I bought some sheet metal or I had some sheet metal lying around, cut it out, folded it up to the shape that I needed to like put a notch in the tank welded it onto the tank and then coated the inside of the tank and it worked great for about a year, but the anti-rat bar mount came up and dented it. And I was like, Oh, that sucks. Whatever. It's not leaking. And then like a year later, it started to leak at the, like right at the weld by the dent. Damn. And I was like, damn, that sucks. So I, that was like shortly, like, I don't know, a few months before Ultimate Adventure. And I was like, I don't want to go down this road and spend a whole bunch of money on a custom fab tank. I just pulled it out. I, I acetoned out the red coat coating on the inside of the tank and then rewelded it and then recoated it. And it was fine for Ultimate Adventure. And until we went to Harlan or maybe even Badlands, I can't remember which, when I noticed the leak, it was fine. Um, but now it's leaking again, so I'm tired of dealing with it. And after the first time that it started to leak, I drew up a aluminum version, basically, that's slightly bigger, that would fit in the same spot, mount the same way, use the same skid plate. And so it's time to pull the trigger on that. So luckily, we know a and bunch so of people with plasma tables. Hmm? What did you say about a plasma table? We know a bunch of people with plasma tables. We've got Growy, we've got Dan Dietz, there's others. Um, so I'm going to lean on one of them. But uh, yeah, I just actually today, I, I pulled out all of the individual parts and put them on a four by eight sheet and there's room to spare. So it'll fit. And I'm either going to do it out of one eighth inch or three sixteenths. I haven't decided which. Um, but currently, and then, and then I'm going to call Bray and I'm going to drive down there see his new shop and have him welded up for me. So it'll be aluminum custom tank. But, um, unlike when you welded, it probably won't leak. Exactly. So (laughs) yeah, it's funny because no, no, it's, 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 you're, you're not wrong. Welding thin sheet metal with a big welder sucks. It's hard. It's not easy. Um, the the parts, so I had enough material and I, the way I designed it was I, I folded out and did like a overlap weld or whatever you want to call it, like a lap weld on all of the corners except for one. Cause it was like a complex shape. Like it was curved and like had the, like the louvers, like you'd see on like a bed floor of a pickup, uh-huh. you know, the ridges or to whatever. From being so that cane. one, I couldn't figure out how to like fold it over. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So it was just a butt weld oh. and, but welding sheet metal is terrible. And so I burned through it a bunch of times and that's where I burned through the most is where it broke. I'll be, well, so. yeah, it makes sense, I guess. So could you have yeah. not, could you not have, or could you have not used a tool or a hammer and dolly to go through and flatten that piece to make a little flange? You could have. I could have. 
Yeah, but, but didn't. I didn't. Right. I mean, that, <laughs> it's understandable. They make a tool. Uh, they make a tool. It's a body tool, and it's pneumatic, and it's a punch in. What the hell is it? It's got a hole punch on one side, and then it has a like a flange tool on the other side. It's for putting new putting body panels, patch panels in. Uh, mm-hmm. On that, they sell Harbor Freight for pretty cheap, I believe. But you could use something like that and maybe work your way down that and make kind of a flat flange and maybe use a yeah. hammer and dolly to to get that fully flat. But yeah, I probably could have. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that at the time. Right. And honestly, even in the last whenever I shortened the wheelbase three years and some change, like I've learned a lot of techniques that I probably could have right. used. But and when it's OK. And then and then the second time that it was leak or the first time that it was leaking. I would have had to start over with a new one. And if I'm going to buy a new tank, I'm going to go custom now. So, yeah. So that's the thing. Like you would think when you're doing a project like like that, you're like, okay, get it sealed. So it doesn't leak and then red coat it. Like it should be solid. Like there shouldn't be an issue here, but obviously yeah. I'm actually not sure. I, I really thought I did a good job sealing it this time. It, it might not be leaking at the weld. It might actually be leaking at the seam mm-hmm. of the original tank, which is not something that I did. Oh, but, but still, I mean, remember that the whole axle came up when I first did the wheelbase shortening and like smashed the tank up against the mount. So Who knows? it might be that. Right. I don't know. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It's it worked for a few years. Um, I don't not recommend it. I just recommend not making sure that your tank doesn't hit your axle. <laughs> <laughs> Next time That's you ideal. build a fuel tank out of steel, make it out of like eighth or like quarter, maybe oh my three God. <laughs> Yes, three eight. Trying to lose weight on my truck, Mike. Not add it. Thousand pound fuel tank. Hashtag ten thousand pounds or bust. Oh my god! So that is on the back of my mind. I have a spreadsheet on how much things weigh and stuff, and I've been trying to put the truck on the diet. And actually, that's one of the things I was talking to Bray about because he—I had already talked to him a long time ago, and he was like, "Hell yeah, I weld it." Um, but I was like, "What would you do, Bray?" I, ha- I currently have a fuel tank skid. It's steel. It's super solid. Like I can lift the truck up with a jack on it. It doesn't deflect or anything. Um, and I need that now because the fuel tank is, is like, I don't know, 16 gauge or something tiny. Um, but if I get a, a fuel tank that is like, I don't know, eighth inch or three sixteenths inch aluminum. And then I was thinking I would double plate the bottom so that even if something comes up, yeah, it'll dent it. There's no question about that, but it won't puncture it. Hopefully. That will save me 50 pounds, right? If I get rid of that skid plate, that skid oh. plate weighs 50 pounds. I'm trying to, I'm not sure which path to go. Actually, I'm pretty sure what path to, I want to go, so but you were going to use what so, material to replace it. So the new fuel tank will be aluminum, either eighth inch or three sixteenths, right? Something commonly available. It's not super hard to weld if it's too thin. Um, and the current skid plate is, I can't remember if it's 316th or a quarter, Yeah, but it's 50 or 60 pounds. And you want to replace it with what? Ago. Well, Derek, I can say that I know that I have a body lift. Now, granted, I have a custom flatbed too. So like it's extra, extra lift, lift. But when I put that blazer tank in there, I stuck it up so high that it only sits like a few inches below the frame rails even do. Like yeah. the skid plate was silly because it's like seven feet from rocks. Like right. if the rock gets up there, it's like <laughs> the tallest, pointiest rock ever. Until and you, nothing's yep. ever touched it. So can you just lift the tank up more in the truck? Well, I can't lift the tank up more. I could make the new tank shallower. But right. I I guess one piece of information I did leave out, I've never seen paint scraped off my skid plate That's for good. my fuel tank. 
Oh, so, so silver, you just don't really need that skid plate. Right. And if I make it out of aluminum and, and what I'm thinking of even cooler would be to double, to put like, basically to put an aluminum skid plate below the aluminum tank that bolts uh. to the tank and is like right there. So that if something does touch it, it like double spreads out the load and it just bends. It here's, doesn't puncture it. Here's my thought. I was like, thought? I was getting ready. I was asking you when Mike started asking questions or talking, I was asking you what you wanted to replace it with. So you want to do a double aluminum. What about, what about just a the bottom plate? would be doubled up like yeah, the, yeah. the sides yep, and the top would all be single layer. You just want to skid plate on the bottom of the tank, like just under the tank. Yeah. Right. So the skin basically, right. Could you maybe also do maybe aluminum, but could you underneath of that put like a half inch or three eighths sheet of the uh, of the plastic? Oh, like UHMW? Yeah, yeah. That's a. I couldn't remember what the Ooh, acronym was. That's the, a good the, idea. Yeah, put a piece of even that's a really put, good idea. Now that that weighs a lot, but not that much. Like aluminum. Not as much as steel. No, Not as much as More steel. Than, uh, I think it's about the same as aluminum. Right, but you could put a piece of three eighths underneath there, and slippy, idea. slippy slide off of stuff if it if it did get to it. Especially if you put a piece of like eighth or quarter inch aluminum under the tank and then stick a piece of that plastic to it. Obviously, a smidge bit of overkill, but I mean. Not to not to pre segue how to like attach it to it, but not to not to pre segue into the next topic. But I mean, if you ever ran something crazy like some hidden trail in Arizona, (laughs) 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 what could you ever be talking about, Steve? (laughs) I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it'd be like going to hell and back. Yeah, if you're about twenty four hours, potentially. Yeah, especially if you <laughs> especially if you puncture your fuel the tank. Eye rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's, the, Mike's the only one with his camera off, and he's rolling his eyes Mike's, so hard. Mike's the only one that hasn't watched it, and he's rolling his eyes so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I watched uh, it for two or two or three minutes. It's pretty gnarly. Um, it's really I think, gnarly. I think you could attach it just like you did your skid plate with the beveled uh, screws. You know what I'm talking about? Whatever hardware you used for that, you could use something very similar and index it into the plastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you get away with that. Now, that that plastic comes in so many different varieties of blends and mixes. So you can really kind of uh, fine tune that. I mean, to be honest, like, right. it, so a lot of people use UHMW for skid plates because they're going to like constantly be sliding over rocks right. all the time. And it's like self healing and, and all that stuff. Like, I, like I said, I've never. There's never been paint scraped off of my right. skid plate. So presumably I've never touched it on a rock. Maybe like a piece of wood came up and hit it or something, but I wouldn't know, you know, like right. the odds of me hitting the skid or the, the fuel tank, I think are pretty low. And to be honest, like if I can come up with something that's like sacrificial, that's light, right. That would be the best, the, the best of both worlds. And to be honest, if I design it, like, I could still put the skid plate back on. Like if I do end up denting the oh, tank yeah. and I'm like, ah, oh, son of a bitch, I should have put the skid plate on, drop the tank, hammer the dent out, put the skid plate back on, done. Call today. Right. At least I was less than 50 pounds for some or, years. Or if you decide to go somewhere, you know, it's going to be gnarly. You could slap the, the skid plate back on. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, that's a good you point too. Like if I'm driving to Moab, yeah. like, uh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to be 2000 miles from home. Right. And puncture a gas tank, so I'll put the skid plate back on. I think but if I'm going to Badlands, fuck it. I honestly think if you can have Bray or somebody build that, refabricate that same skid plate you currently have out of aluminum, 
I would just do that and then just put it back on. Is that too be much so work? Sick. Hmm? Be so sick. Do you need to send it somewhere to have it, you know, extra made good, nice and pretty? I mean, not really. I could, <laughs> I would just, that would be, now we're getting expensive. It's a lot of aluminum <laughs> with the fuel tank. That's the fuel tank takes up almost a four by eight sheet. Wow. And the skid plate's Seriously? probably going to take up a four by four sheet. No way. Yeah, man. There's that much? You should get yep. a smaller rig. Have you, have you looked into RC cars? I mean, it's only a 28 gallon. Like, that's not that big, right? <laughs> I can't believe that takes almost an entire 4x8 sheet. That's insane. You know? You just, I mean, like, you it look doesn't at it. fit. Like, there's a lot of wasted space, you know, because it's a weird shape. Mm-hmm. But still, like, even, even like a, you know, 15 gallon fuel cell probably takes up more than a 4x4. Right. That's what I would estimate. That's pretty intense. If you put all the sides flat, like like one. If you look at the fuel tank from the side, you're like, no way that takes up a four by eight sheet. But if right. you unfold that thing, yep, pretty big. Lay it out like a giant, like a takeout box. Exactly. Yeah. And you're like, whoa. So, <laughs> for sure. Holy shit. We were gonna talk about uh, twenty four hell and back, but that's gonna have to wait till next week because we are pushing up against the one hour mark. So Ooh. we're either gonna do one I've or two been monologuing. things. Monologuing. I apologize. We're gonna talk about uh, twenty four hell and back next week or. We're going to just talk about 24 Hell and Back over on the Patreon where you can go find it. Right now. You can. You can click your old buttons right there and go down to your um, your show notes and click on the Patreon link and it'll take you there and you just sign up for Patreon and come play along in the insanity. You just ask anybody that's in the Patreon group. You just ask them. Like, I was saying, is it's it about worth- to get insane because I just finished or I'm about to finish. I have one sip left of an 11 and a half percent beer. So <laughs> Derek's been holding it back. Oh I've been holding it back. Well, that's why I've been monologuing because I'm like at the two beer mark of a normal beer percentage. Uh, so I just, I'm really talkative and now I'm about to get inappropriate. Now we're about to go do some <laughs> Patreon things. Uh, not trying to push you over to Patreon, but also trying to push you over to Patreon because we love our patrons. Anyway, uh, I hope this was an entertaining episode for you. I hope this uh, helped take up an hour of your time at work or in the shop or however you listen to our podcast. In the shower. In the shower. Ooh, that's how Mike that's listens to it. That's a long shower. Yeah, well, if you're dirty like me, you definitely require almost an hour <laughs> shower to get clean. Um, there are two ways to take that statement. <laughs> Head over to Patreon to find out. Come to the Patreon to find out what they are. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so anyway, uh, just a little plug there. You know, we love to uh, see new patrons join up. It's fun to find out um, who loves to support this podcast. So we do appreciate the, all of you that are already supporting us. We appreciate everybody that listens to this every week. And yeah, again, thanks for listening to episode 109. Uh, if you want to check out any of our partner companies, check out completeoffroad.com or give Chris a call at 563-583-5363. You can check out Crawler Off-Road if you need anything off-road recovery related. Their uh, snatch ropes are fantastic. Their winch ropes are, they're not snatch ropes, they're kinetic ropes. Call them funny things. Kinetic ropes, winch ropes, their 10 foot tree saver, their tree saver saw shackle. That thing is awesome. I've used it in person. Super cool. Be sure to go check them out. Crawleroffroad.com. If you need anything fabricated, fabrication related for your rig, uh, like Josh Anderson just installed on his 14 bolt, the off-road anonymous truss, it looked amazing on there. I don't know if any of you guys have seen pictures yet, but it is beautiful. Head over to Instagram. And check that out. His uh, Josh's is what one ton XJ. 
And there's yeah. some underscores. One ton underscore XJ. Yeah, I'm there's pretty some sure. there's some underscores in there somewhere. I think it's one ton underscore XJ. I think he's got he's some. Part of, he's part of the underscore club. Of course he is. He's a cool kid. That's how they work. <laughs> um, so go check him out if you need uh, inflation stuff. Check out Morflate. M O R R F L A T E dot com. They've got all your cool stuff there. So it I is believe... in fact one ton underscore XJ. Yeah, Josh Anderson. Yeah, like I, said, I need to talk. I need to talk to. Uh, it's Jacob, right? The Renzo array. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to talk to him, see if I can get a 3D model so that at least I can future protect for a truss shoot, uh, uh, with this new fuel tank. Just shoot him a message. He's been pretty good about responding in the past. Yeah, he's, he's pretty pretty busy guy, but he does respond to messages usually. So Yeah, because if I need to notch like a gallon out of the tank, I'll totally do it. For sure. Just to, yeah. just to fit links. I mean, trust. <sighs> Who would not? Why would you not? <laughs> I mean, Blinks since I won't do it, how's that, in the rear. How's Let's that be go? real, but I might need a truss with how heavy my truck is. How does that go? Sensuous? Sensuous. Sensuous. Yeah. Sensuous. 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 Hey, since you already out there. Hey, trailing arm. Derek, since you're going to have to replace the perches for that new axle anyway, you may as well just go ahead and put truss on it and, and do links. Yeah. And, and bypasses and cantilever and all that stuff. Yeah. It's good. Three O's, yep. 3.0's mm-hmm. garage. Who needs, right. who needs that? Hey, yeah. While like, we're, yeah. I don't need the garage. I'll just put all that money that I'm <laughs> building a garage into the truck. While we're here at the end of the show, Mike, have you any last words? <laughs> I sure do. Steven. God damn right. You do a little bit this week. <laughs> <laughs> you had time. <laughs> the reason I thought about it is because I haven't done anything off road in like i don't know a month right i don't know i mean other than look at my truck and poke it you did drive so so my last words this week are do something off-road yes i know that there are a lot of you just like me that aren't doing anything off-road and maybe you should do something off-road so do something off-road all right hit that ditch on the way home you heard it here first all righty well uh, for those of you that are going to join us we'll see you over on the patreon and again thanks for joining us for episode 109 and we'll catch you another beer, Michael. Sorry. And we'll catch you <laughs> on the trail. <laughs> <laughs>
I don't know how much work this would be, Steve, but you should put this at the end of the episode. Uh, it's not that hard. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be funny. It's actually pretty easy to slip out some stuff and throw it okay, back I did at the, the thing. Is it any better? Oh, it's so Way much better. better. You're back. Ah, okay, Michael's back. So, Mike, you Unpa- said something about... Bro- you guys market. are half the volume now. I can't hear you hardly at all. Well, that's your Turn problem. Turn your volume on. Up. Hold on. Press the up button Say on your something. phone. Something. Oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. Great. Do I sound okay? okay? Yeah, you sound yeah, great. You sound great. I have no idea. I literally didn't even touch my phone and you guys were like, you sound tinny. I was like, what are you talking just, about? I was yeah. just telling Steve that like sometimes that happens on work calls and usually it just self-corrects, but like it just didn't for you for some reason. Very strange. No. 